This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 29th. And it's brought to you by Stateline Tech. What is the uh, episode number, Glenn? I have no idea. Down. I can only read what is written in front of me. It's, it's twenty four eighty something. Twenty four eighty something. All right. Well, when you're, we do that for your record. So <laughs> sorry. Um, it's brought to you by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. And we do appreciate you being here. I was ready for him to keep talking, but it just ended. I was thinking only a few more days till the weekend. That is, I don't know what's going on, but I do love me a good Sunday. You know, well, you don't take Sunday off. No, I don't. I just, I just, I, Sundays are just so peaceful. I really like them. Anyway, There's sorry. Less traffic, you know. <laughs> less traffic. Less I'm tra- really concerned on your about va- on your busy road. In Norman, Oklahoma. Wow, it's so crazy. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk to Dr. Jimenez and John Haven from what are these? What are these acronyms? TLAR. 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 Dr. John Jimenez, Haven, of course, has been with us many times. Yeah, from Florida SART. What? S A R T. Uh, something Rescue. Okay. Well, we're going to talk to TLAR and about it later. SART and uh, find out when, what, what to do and what not to do when a hurricane is looming. And our favorite equestrian gypsy, Jessica, comes on to fill us in on her endurance ride to the Continental Divide. And I've got some weird news. We have a list or two, and I'm going to make you squirm in my daily winning glass. Oh, good, good. I always love that. Well, <laughs> well, uh, we are going to talk about hurricanes because uh, we do have one coming. Uh, so uh, we're going to see how that goes. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. First, we have to talk about seeds. Uh, seeds from China. Chinese seeds, which apparently <laughs> are randomly being mailed to people from China in the United States. And it has caused great concern with the United States Department of Agriculture, who says if you randomly get a packet of seeds in the mail from China, you are not to do anything with those. Do not open them. Do not do anything. And actually call the USDA, your local USDA office, and they'll want you to bring the packaging and the seeds and everything to their office. Yeah, we got, I got a notification from Oklahoma FDA or whatever about this. I mean, I get what the heck? Well, okay, there's hold on. Seeds yeah. come in like a you, a little bag, like little a bag, little yep. baggie comes in, and it's clearly from China. And you open yep. it, and you're like, "Wow, these are seeds. Well, I'm going to plant these. <laughs> let's that see what they like are. A great idea. Well, yeah, let's see what they are. So at this time, this is what they said yesterday. This is the United States Department of Agriculture. At this time, we don't have any evidence indicating that this is something other than a brushing scam where people receive unsolicited items from a seller who then posts false customer reviews to boost sales. So in other words, they send you something and then they act like you're you to post a review and that's supposed to help them boost sales. I don't think that one's a little stretch. They're spending a lot of money to send these seeds from China. I don't know. Uh, it's currently collecting seeds packets, and they're testing them. Now, one person, I don't know if this is true. This is third party from one of my friends, okay, on Facebook. So it's probably not true. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, but they actually, this person says, the USDA got back to my friend today and indicated that some seeds being sent from China are pigweed. And they are working 80 cases in Texas at this time. So this is not small. They're being sent all over the country. Uh, An invasive and naughty plant, pigweed is toxic to horses, cattle, sheep, pigs, and other livestock. And is one of those that just grows, you know, you just, it just takes over. What is a kudzu? Was another one of those, right? And it's all over the South. Kudzu. It's not. Kudzu was brought here to feed cattle. Yes. And they were like, oh, this is going to be great. And guess, because it grows so fast, uh, cattle didn't like it. 
Yeah. And then it grows everywhere, takes over everything inside. It's pretty much taken over (laughs) in Georgia. Yeah, it pretty much is. Uh, It grows over the trees. It kills. It just is nasty. And so I don't know, you know, if the Chinese thought some stupid people would plant these and it's going to take over the world and kill all our animals. I don't know. But anyway, uh, they say, do not plant the seeds. Do not eat the seeds. (laughs) Do not. not China's fun. (laughs) Yeah, they're having a good time with us right now. So I figured China figured, well, we didn't kill enough people with COVID. So let's try some seeds. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Just, you know what? If somebody sends you a bag of seeds in the mail, don't plant them because then you would be stupid. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, but they want you to keep the packaging too, so they can see where it's from. Anyway, let's go on to some happier things, like a daily Winnie. And two of these. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy happy birthday to you! <laughs> happy birthdays to auditors Lisa Lemke and. Jamie Lay. Wait, you're supposed to do another birthday, Winnie, for the one who's on Saturday. And I told her we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, my God. I got to figure it out. I couldn't remember. That's why I didn't do it. Because I couldn't remember. And I can't look through the auditor's post because there's like (laughs) 19,000 posts. Whoever that is, happy birthday. And we'll get to you on Friday when we're actually supposed to be doing your birthday, Winnie. All right. Well, um, I don't know like if this is an appropriate daily Winnie because I don't know if, I mean, I try to do daily Winnie's as like happy things or ridiculous things. And I would like to say that five-star event writer, Buck Davidson, son of Bruce Davidson, Buck Davidson is like the toughest dude out there is recovering from surgery following a kick to the face on the 17th. He walked in, he said he was going in the trailer and he had put the first horse in and put the second horse in and was putting the third horse in and closing the bar. And he's like, I just was in the wrong place. He said, I don't know if I scared her. I don't know if I, uh, the, the, the pin scared her. I don't know what happened. He said, it's a super nice, quiet horse, but just walloped him <laughs> right in the face. He said, it just sent me flying to the side of the trailer. I kneeled down, <clears throat> ready, Glenn? I put my hands to my face, like held his face. Uh, it was a lot of blood. Two <laughs> girls who worked for me came around the corner and both looked like they'd just seen a ghost. <laughs> okay, ready for this? He went straight to the hospital and was diagnosed with a torn lip, broken nose, broken cheekbones in six places. A, oh, my face hurts even bigger. <laughs> broken jawbone in two places. An injured eye socket. The roof of his mouth is split in half and he oh, lost several teeth. The roof of the house. Oh, that has to be the worst. I, I didn't even I'm, know that could I'm happen. I'm just reading this out loud. I'm so, anyway, the Did point you know that could the, happen? I don't want to talk. I don't want to even think about it anymore. <laughs> I actually, like reading that made me kind of ill. But um, here's, here's where he gets my daily Winnie. Now, I saw a lot of people were like bashing him, you know, online because like, oh, it's so stupid to do this. But you know what? It's his deal. I actually saw him have a rotational fall on one horse, crush his collarbone, yet show jump the next day on another horse. So uh, if anybody's going to like ride on, it's going to be him. Let him make his own decisions that, you know, he'll figure it out. It's like me when I decided I was going to ride with a broken foot and I'm like, oh, no, I I can't actually do that. Um, He says he will be ready for Fair Hill in 10 days. Yeah. No. 10. days they they did say that he does need to like get his teeth fixed but he had surgery for everything else and and they straightened his nose out and he said that's what hurts the worst oh gross fuck jesus you guys please don't get kicked in the face oh the whole getting a kid's helmet with a face guard to wear is kind of concerning too isn't it I went to Walmart and got a kid's helmet with a face guard. I'm like, this dude is on meds. He is on meds, and he's like, it's going to be great. It's, and it's But not. you know what? Boy, the Davidsons have a thing, don't they? Between Bruce and Buck, they've broken about a thousand bones. Uh, Bruce would break every bone in his body I mean, and be back riding you, in 10 days. Face. So That's his face. You know what? They said he didn't have a concussion. His brain was totally fine, but his face. Ugh. Ugh. 
let's move on. I can I tell you this. I wouldn't be back riding or at a fair hill in 10 days. <laughs> I meant to do this story to gross you out, and it has grossed me out. <laughs> Backfire. You, you did give me the whole mouth, top of the mouth thing. That got me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, coupon code, something happier. Uh, we're going happy to sad today. I back to happy. Back that to sad. Out. Like, I want to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a coupon code to, uh, that I need to announce that's brand new. Equiderma has given us a coupon code for listeners. It's, it's HRN15, all one all one word, HRN15. And it'll give you a 15% off of non-sale items. Now, they have that uh, fly spray sale going on where if you get the gallon, you get the free sprayer. That goes on through the end of the week. It will not apply to that. If you want to get the fly spray on sale, you have to wait till next week. So just wait till next week and then use HRN15 and it'll work. Or buy it now and then get, get the, the I don't know, yeah. whichever one's Whichever deal. one you want. So uh, if you want to, just wait till next week and get it. But it's HRN15 for Equiderma products. Um, it is delightful fly spray. We just got a whole bunch in uh, of Equiderma products. You should have too, actually. I did. I did. Yeah. So, uh, and Scooter loves the shampoo. Uh, and he's been itchy lately, so you know the shampoo works great, and then he doesn't itch. So. I just had a horse um, decide to um, take from about hock all the way down to hoof, coronary band. He decided to remove the skin from the front of his. Oh, legs. you're going to be using the schmutz, oh, the equiderma yeah, schmutz. I started it last night. <laughs> That's the technical so. term for it. <laughs> What's really fun is that this horse is in full training here, and I had to tell his owners to come get him because no. he has destroyed probably in the two weeks he's been here about sixty feet of fence, oh. taking it down. And now I'm like, he's going to kill himself. You got to come get him. So let's um, let's we're going to talk about Schmutz. your new horse. Schmutz. You're going to talk about your new horse here in a little while, uh, and we're also going to have some weird news and and guests and everything. But uh, before we do that, uh, we got uh, a storm brewing there, Jamie. I don't know if you noticed, but a couple of listeners asked me to do a hurricane report. Remember the old days of WAG 2018, where I became the hurricane reporter. Back in the golden oldie <laughs> days of 2018. <laughs> so I... Uh, so young back then. <laughs> Helena nicknamed me Hurricane Hebert. So apparently Hurricane Hebert is my nickname. And I, I thought, well, you know, it'd be fun and a, a kind of a change from COVID to talk about something fun. So I did a hurricane oh, report. Oh, something this, fun. <laughs> I did a hurricane report this morning and it was fun. I think it was one of my better efforts, actually. It's being shared a bunch of times. So thank you to everybody's doing that. You can find it on the Horses in the Morning page. I posted it there if you want to see a very tongue-in-cheek hurricane report. This is not serious reporting, people. However, I will say, since I made that report at 6 o'clock this morning, uh, the storm has tightened up a bit now, and they're saying it may form, but it doesn't look like it's going to be an Irma. It might be a Category 1 or 2. So, now this will hit about Monday of next week here if it hits Florida, so um, be prepared that I might be calling you saying we don't have a show. I'll let you know. Uh, and I'm finally getting around to looking at a generator, which I should have done eight years ago when we moved to Florida. So I was shopping for generators this morning. Yes, four days before the hurricane, like all the other idiots. Just saying. I get it. But what we wanted to do, as we do every year, as it comes hurricane time for everybody around Florida and the Gulf, and Texas just had one, is we try and give you some helpful hints and some lessons for what to do and not yes. to do in preparation for a hurricane. Not something that Jamie has to worry about. Her storms come quicker and give her less <laughs> warning. So, yeah. yeah. You do have sirens that let you know there's one in your yard. Yeah, exactly. So that's comforting. <laughs> Can you hear a siren from your house? You, they're everywhere, Glenn. Really? They have these things posted everywhere. Even out in the country like you are. Even out in the country. It, I think probably it's just and like And you've heard it going off? Law. It's been going off? They test it every Saturday at noon. Oh, yeah? So every, you'll be like, oh, and it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And, and at first I was like, oh, my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> they're like Saturdays at noon. And so I think for the first six or seven Saturdays I heard it, I like hit the deck. Um, <laughs> now I'm like, oh. It's noon, lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell me. Uh... I can hear them inside my new house, Glenn. <laughs> That's how loud they are. Wow. I'm surprised in the country. I didn't know they had them out there. Uh, so we have Dr. Jimenez coming on, as we said, and she's from the Large Animal Rescue. And John Haven, who's from the Florida uh, Search and Rescue team down here in Florida. And we, we talked to them last year, and we're going to replay their interview. It's about 13 minutes long. But tell us who sponsors our Horse Health Report. 
I would love to. Today's Horse Health Report is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics you all will love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, what kind of nutrition they're given, a part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see them all. And uh, rain is obviously spelled R E I N like the right way uh, to see them all get the latest episode is all about movie horses. So check it out. Purinamills.com slash full rain. All right, here we go. Stay, stay tuned. Dr. G is with the technical large animal emergency rescue. And Blair. it's been a while. We're so glad that you could come on in such short notice today. Well, I'm sorry that um, we're having to look out there into the Atlantic and, and look at a, pending disaster, but I certainly am glad that you guys are trying to promote evacuation and talking to some of your listeners about what they can do to stay safe. And you have a guest on that can help uh, help us with this today, too. Can you introduce him? I absolutely can. I was very lucky to get John Haven. He's the director of the University of Florida's College of Veterinary Medicine. Um, he has a special interest in hurricanes because back in June 2004, he had just joined the College of Veterinary Medicine as their director, and um, immediately afterwards, he had Hurricanes Charlie, Francis, Gene, and Ivan hit the state, and he was very good about getting together with the Veterinary Medical Association, the state veterinarian's office, um, and they were very successful considering four hurricanes hit their state in one year. Now, today, we're not really talking about large animal rescue. Hopefully, we're not going to have to talk about rescuing anything because we're going to try to motivate you guys to get your horses and, of course, your cattle, too. But it's a horse show, so we'll talk about horses out of the state of Florida and uh, into safety. All right, good. John, good morning. Good morning. Thanks thank for, you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Now, John, uh, you know, we were helping horses move a little bit yesterday with what resources we could dig up, and Facebook was going crazy. I don't know how people ever moved to horses before Facebook, actually. Um, but what, have you, what are you seeing? What's your feeling? <laughs> it does appear that people are taking this pretty seriously here in Florida, and I think thanks to Harvey, that's why that's happening. Well, you know, we always have that argument. Absolutely. I, and uh, Dr. Jimenez, we've had this discussion 1,200 times. <laughs> do mm. you leave them out yep. to fend for themselves, or do you put them in a barn? We, it, it, this argument's been going on since horses and barns existed. Um, so what did we determine? I'll, when give we've you had... the, I'll give you the short Okay. I'll give you the short answer, Glenn. Um, you're right. That, that is a it huge depends. issue, and it all depends on how much space you've got and whether or not, you know, if you've got a 25-acre pasture with options, um, such as they can go into the runout, they can go into the woods, they can go into a low area in the woods where they can choose. They are smart enough to take care of themselves. But if you're putting them into a quarter-acre paddock in uh, the middle of an open field, they don't really have a choice. And so at that point, you either evacuate, which is my preference, of course, always. But if you're going to put them in that barn, you got to make sure who was the person that built that barn? Is it well-engineered? Is a structural engineer involved in the building of those barns? Some of those places in Florida are absolutely gorgeous um, and are very well-built. Masonry structures with good overhead. But some of us, you know, and me, myself included, um, I am the general engineer, the general <laughs> contractor, et cetera, for my buildings around here. And I didn't, I didn't, find a, anybody professional to do that. Um, so so yours are a little crooked like the ones on we built? Facility. Is that what you're saying? Yours are a little crooked. Uh, yeah. Reed. Mine are just, <laughs> actually, mine are, mine are just running sheds. That's all it is. Reed, you know, not up to, to code. Not yeah. <laughs> Thatch no, roofs. No, ma'am. And in, in Georgia, you can do anything you, you know, want to as long as it's an agricultural just, facility. <laughs> yeah, I live just north of Ocala and on seven acres, and I've got a barn, and my horses will be out in the paddock. Oh, you'll do it that way? What kind of barn do you have? Do you have a concrete block or do you have a It's, it's slightly nicer than the one that Rebecca's talking about, by, but not by much. <laughs> so they will be safer outside. I it's, want to mention this because it's a problem we have at our farm and most Florida farms have. We have 98 live oak trees on this farm. So every pasture has live oak trees. The reason we take the chance on bringing them in to a stick-built barn, I mean, it's pretty well built, but we bring them in is there are branches coming down all the time off these trees 
during storms. Mm-hmm. Live oak trees are terrible for shedding large branches. And we're afraid of them getting yeah. hit by the branches or these trees. You know, live oak trees just come down for no reason at all. So Absolutely. that's what we worry about. So in our case, you know, it's like one or the other, right? I mean, it's... True, and that really comes down to what is your – okay, so if that's your plan, what's your backup plan? If something goes wrong with the structural integrity of your barn, how do you get into it? Um, Calling the firefighters in normal situations would be most useful because it's pretty dangerous to try to break into a a collapsed structure. But honestly, where are the firefighters going to be after this hurricane? They're going to be saving people. They're going to be doing their job, which is human life first and animal life is after that. So do you have cutting equipment? Do you have friends with tractors? Are you going to be um, taking the pieces off that barn to try to get down to your horses? And that's the kind of questions we try to get people to realistically ask themselves. Are you prepared to do something like that? Do you have the equipment? Because saying, I need to go to Lowe's and buy it, that's not a plan. You've got to have it in hand, ready to roll with a plan and people who know how to use that equipment safely to be able to react to that. Otherwise, I say put them in a trailer and come north. Let me talk a little bit about, since many of your folks are coming towards Georgia, I just got off the phone, actually, with the Georgia Department of Agriculture. As you can imagine, um, we are looking very hard at some options for folks coming out of Florida. And they are updating their websites on the Georgia Department of – Glenn, I actually sent it to you on a PM on Facebook, uh, what the link is in case you want to share that. Um, They're updating their list of where people can go in Georgia – As you know, the state veterinarian's office made an excellent decision, in my opinion, to waive the requirements coming over the border of Florida to leave. Do they still have to stop? Do we know that? That's a question we had earlier. No. You don't have to stop. They do not. Yeah, I I did go ahead and confirm with the state veterinarian's office this morning. Don't have to stop going out. But remember, coming back, (laughs) there will be a narrow window of time to get the animals home before they reinstitute the standard policy. So if you don't have your Coggins, if you don't have your health check, if you don't have all the other parts and pieces, you won't be able to get them home. Say the horses that are left here now, how do we mark them? What do we do? Okay. If they absolutely just have to leave them, I'm a big fan of a freeze brand on the outside and a microchip inside so that you can prove uh, ownership in case they end up in your neighbor's yard, down the street, those kinds of places. Um, Obviously, good pictures Today, one of my peeps that I was talking to this morning, she's a photographer, and she reminded me, you know, please go out there today and get excellent pictures of your animals with you in the pictures so that you can prove these are your animals, and especially of all the little girls and little special places on your horses. You know, I, Glenn, I have some black walking horses. They look like everybody else's black walking horses. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to concentrate on the places that look different so that you, if you ever had to prove ownership. Um, you want to mark them. Some people have been using things like livestock crayons to mark their phone numbers on the side of the horse, uh, braiding uh, an ID tag into their mane. That's what Jennifer does. Uh, she braids that. We have the chips, and she mm-hmm. braids that in. Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So multiple ways of identifying your horse. Um, don't forget about their eyes. We're talking mostly about, I mean, 185 miles an hour, Glenn. Those are just crazy. That's like... That's a class three uh, F3 tornado. And for minutes to hours, um, not just the 30 seconds that a tornado usually comes over. So we are talking mostly about flying debris and how can you try to protect your animal? Some people have been saying, oh, I want to put a blanket on the horse. Well, you know, if you could do that right before the winds get there, maybe so. Uh, Maybe there'll be enough ventilation, but I would be concerned that if you put it on the animal in 90 degree heat in Florida and the kind of humidity that we've got, um, maybe your animal would end up suffering more from the heat and humidity than it would uh, how many injuries it prevents. But I do think that eye protection is a good idea. Um, putting some kind Absolutely. of a fly mask on your horses to protect their eyes. As we all know, a horse that is injured in his eyes is very difficult to treat and very expensive. Here at UF, you know, we've got a great ophthalmology department, but it drives me crazy seeing people whose 
trailering down the interstate and they don't have fly masks on, but they got the doors down and the horses. Yeah, head that always out. drives me crazy too. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 70, 80 mile an hour wind throwing objects into your horse's eyes. Yeah. By the way, your um, dogs can get that too. I just want to throw that out there as their head sticking out the absolutely. back. Window. That's true. Hey, um, I wanted to say while we're talking about this, if you have a chip and you have not registered your chip, you can go to founda.org and register any brand of chip for free. So that's one of the things you could do today. Um, the well, you bring up an interesting point yeah. on the microchipping yeah. because a lot of the microchips, especially if your veterinarian puts it in for you, when the vendor sells them the chip and then they resell it to you, in a lot of cases, the information is the veterinarian's information that's in the database regarding that chip. It's not you until you go log on and put your information in. Okay. So you really need to go update your, your chip info. Otherwise, it's not very helpful. Got it. Now, all right. Good so so the, uh, I guess a couple of other things. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up, Dr. Jimenez? And especially, like, we have a lot of, we have thousands of horses now coming to Ocala. We usually, by the time a storm gets here, you know, usually, it's down to a tropical storm. We get a lot of wind. We get a lot of rain. We'll lose power. Obviously, if you don't have a hand pump, you got to get water ready for those all those horses that are here. You better be pouring buckets of water. That's exactly right. I always use the example of people say, well, I'm going to get the fire department to bring water. Well, a 1,000 gallons of water, if, if you have 100 horses and they drink 10 gallons of water a piece each day, that's a 1,000 gallons of water right there. So that gives you an idea of how much water you're talking about. And uh, you really do need to have those resources ahead of time. Uh, the only other thing that I was going to add to the discussion on what to put on your horse would be I do like the use of a breakaway type halter just in case the animal does get loose. Um, he can be more easily caught by anybody. I don't like leaving lead ropes on, but uh, I do like having a breakaway type halter, uh, either a, a leather halter, breakaway type, um, so that it, if he gets his head caught on something, it will break off of him. But that that would be the clothing that I would put on my horse. Um, with some leg wraps to protect him, um, something on his eyes, and a halter. That would be all the clothing that I would put on my horse. Okay. All right. I I think Uh, the other thing that we really need to emphasize is that, uh, you know, we're talking about our animals, but don't forget that as you're moving your animals, if you're evacuating them, please make sure you've done your homework to do the maintenance on your vehicle and trailer before you leave because, if you don't have sufficient fuel and you end up getting caught in the traffic, you're going to be a statistic. And if you, that can happen for many reasons. You can boil a tire. Do you have a way to deal with that tire? Uh, if you run out of fuel, if uh, your floorboards give out, you really need to make sure you do some maintenance, fill the air on your tires, et cetera, before you leave. And if you don't know, take it to a tire place and have them check before you leave because um, I would hate for people to be stuck in evacuation traffic because they had some maintenance problem on their trailer. And yeah. then you're standing out there with the wind picking up, and what do you do then? Go ahead, Joe. If, if you don't evacuate, remember immediately post-storm, you know, do you have the ability to fix any of your panels if they're down to help keep animals in or get them back in? But also remember as the water level comes up, snakes and other animals are not going to be where they normally are because they too are looking for dry places. Texas fire ants, prime example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Floating on rafts that they make themselves. Yeah. It was I gross. went into my feed yeah. shed right after Hurricane Matthew came through, and I opened the door, and there was a nice little rattlesnake inside, and it was like, this is not good. Welcome <laughs> home. And, uh, I, yeah, welcome home. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, he was up on a shed that's up elevated off the ground. And I'm still not even sure how he got in there. So, again, being really careful. You just never know what you'll find. There's an equestrian center in Brevard County, um, and they actually posted last night on Facebook. They basically said, hey, we're hiring transport vans, and we're moving these horses out of the state. And those of you that own these horses, um, we hope, quote, Nothing would make us happier than to have every one of our owners mad at us for wasting their money evacuating when the storm actually goes far away from our home and our evacuation site. And I think that's the kind of attitude we need to have. It is better to spend some extra money, move your animals, get them to a safe place, and then go, damn it, the storm went somewhere else. 
instead of having to deal with the kinds of things that you're seeing after Hurricane Harvey. Um, that is an absolute disaster. There are horses that are suffering. There's people that are euthanizing animals um, that are very loved and members of their family because they failed to plan. So please, if you've got the opportunity, you've got a couple of days to still make plans. Get out of there. Get on social media. Get on websites. Start looking around. Where can you put your horses? Uh, where can you put your family? And uh, do the right thing for you and your horses. You, you're, you'll be able to sleep better if you know that they're in a safe place. So that was our report that we did last year to help everybody get ready for for what's happening. Uh, now, this uh, this health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Now in their third season, each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year include training Hollywood movie horses, therapy horses, helping veterans, and an inside look at traditional charro horsemanship. They're also doing one coming up here on vaulting as well. It's all part of the Purina's Full Rain documentary series go to purinamills.com slash full rain to see all the films interviews and podcasts what's a little different about this storm uh that's now just an invest uh at this oh. point uh or not an invest it's a uh tropical potential tropical cyclone i can't swear you're they, such a weather nerd well they make these an names invest? up what is that i had to look i had to look it up because every year they change the names i think they just create new names for Bomb crap cyclones yes exactly and exactly and well things. this one is off the islands now down in the caribbean and it's wide it's 500 miles wide with tropical force winds 300 miles wide which is the whole state of florida by the way so it's big, but it's not formed into a hurricane yet, and they don't know what's going to happen. But the thing is, it's moving fast. It's moving at 23 miles an hour. And if it keeps moving fast, it won't have time to get huge by the time it gets to Florida. If it slows down, that's when it has a chance to get bigger. So you don't have as much time to prepare as you usually do. Usually we have two weeks, right? Um, like Irma seemed to take forever to get here. Uh, we had a lot of time. This one, we got a couple days. It's supposed to hit uh, over the weekend into Monday. So... That's where we're at with this one. Uh, but we, now we've done our civic duty and provided everybody information about preparing for hurricanes, especially live in the Gulf states. Now we have to do our civic duty, which is tell horse people how to save money. And that, my friends, is going to Stateline Tack right now. It is the heat of the summer, and it is time to, you know, maybe you need to supplement your horse with some electrolytes or things like that. Well, uh, Redmond Rock is on sale. Redmond Daily Gold is on sale. You know, those bags, if they're, they're $20 regularly, they're $15 now. So go check those out. Again, this is all on Stateline Tack. They've got all sorts of fly sheets and repellents and dewormers and uh, all sorts of uh, good things that you just really need in the summertime. Uh, let me see here. I love the fly boots. I use those. I've started having to use some fly masks, Glenn, because man, you just can't get rid of them. I have fly traps and all those little bag things everywhere. What is the most effective thing there that you anything. guys do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know this is a state line tech commercial, but I heard something really funny. So Abby, who's staying with me for the month, uh, was a student of mine in Arizona and now she's 18 and she's come out here and she's hanging out Well, she like met a boy and decided to take him on a date oh. and they came over here and he Wait a walked minute. her. She met a boy in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. It's perfect. He's a lifeguard <laughs> at the pool. Uh -huh. Um, he's six, five and she's five tenths. So it's perfect. Anyway, this is what's not perfect. Girls. If you're dating this guy again, we're going to get back to state line here, but she takes him in the barn yesterday and she said he walked in with his shirt over like, like using his shirt as a mask, like walked in the barn was like his, his shirt over his nose. And she's like, what are you doing? And he goes, I don't want any flies to fly into my mouth. Like there's not that many flies. Like it's not like a swarm. Yeah. He was so worried about like, all right. He goes, that's it. And I was like, bye-bye. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> 
Like, if he can't handle that, he ain't going to be able to handle all the rest of the stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm like, well, good thing you're not doing it for the long haul. Yeah, you, know, you wait till she goes on a first date covered in poop. See how he likes that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, anyway, um, so that was funny. Anyway, Stayline Tack can help you get to not have a T-shirt over your nose <laughs> while you are going <laughs> in a barn because they have, you know what? We should get him a fly mask, Glenn. You That's should. That's what he needs. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm going to buy a human fly mask for Abby's <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> There's plenty of masks around now. That shouldn't be a problem. That yeah. is true. We should yeah. get him one with the, Oh, we'll get him one of the horse ones you talked about last. Yeah. Last episode. Yeah, yeah, with the a little horse face out. on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can go and find all of this stuff at statelinetac.com. It's just reminded me that I do need some electrolytes and things like that. So uh, statelinetac.com and the non-collapsing fly boots are on sale as well. $39.99 regularly. They're on sale for $29.99 right now. So again, that's statelinetech.com. All right. Let's talk uh, to Jessica Isbrecht. She is our favorite equestrian gypsy. We call her that because she's literally been traveling around the country in her truck and trailer for over a year now. Uh, they go wherever the weather takes them and wherever they want to go. They, uh, Jessica and her husband ride horses. She's an endurance rider. and But they also both climb mountains. Uh, they're both mountain climbers. She had pictures of them climbing mountains the other day. And she had a chance to head up to Idaho, uh, where she got to go to a ride called the Top of the World Endurance Ride in Spencer, Idaho. So let's get Jessica on if she has any reception whatsoever, which is always the first thing I ask Jessica. Okay, do you does your phone have any bars where you are? Because most of the places they go do not. <laughs> Probably not. No. So let's hope let's hope she does. You can make a call with us. Jessica, are you there? I am. Oh, look at that! You have reception. Amazing. <laughs> I'm living in luxury right now, actually. So I have Wi-Fi and everything. Oh, now you broke up. As soon as I said oh. that, you broke up. <laughs> Uh-oh, that's not good. Well, let's hope it sticks. Let's give it a try. Uh, so I just said you're... Are you still in Idaho? No, I'm living in Bozeman, Montana. I'm camped in a friend's yard, and my horses are living in her pasture. Oh, that's cool. So you you got to do a trip, but before I want to talk to you about your trip uh, and riding, you know, on the top of the Continental Divide, which is not something that too many people get to do, right? Um, and you are also are getting to do things that most people are dreaming about being able to do right now with the situation that a lot of states are in. So we're just going to make everybody really jealous and hate you today. Um, but I want to talk about Mackenzie first, which is the horse you took on an endurance ride. Tell us kind of a little bit of the history of Mackenzie. I saw the post about your mom and everything. Talk to us about that. Well, uh, Mackenzie is a 16-year-old Cleveland Bay thoroughbred mare who my mom bought when she was four or five years old. And my mom, unfortunately, passed away very suddenly of lymphoma in 2013. And when that happened, I ended up inheriting Mackenzie. I owned my own horse at the time. They were both kept at my mom's farm. And I ended up giving my horse away so that I could afford board in New Jersey to keep Mackenzie because she was so special to my mom. I knew that there was no way I could sell her or rehome her. I had to keep her. Well, not only that, it's a Cleveland Bay thoroughbred mare. It ain't too shabby to begin with. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, the Cleveland, the Cleveland Bay is a rare breed. They nearly went extinct, and the Queen of England was instrumental in saving the breed. So they're a really interesting horse. Jesse, I have to tell you, just hearing you talk about the horse with your mom, just, you know, give me goosebumps because, you know, it's, it's not everybody that would do or could do what you did to help, to help Mackenzie, you know, and, and to honor your mom. So thank you for, for that. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Seven years later, it's, it's still really hard to talk about. Mm. <laughs> So I try to hold it together <laughs> when I talk about it. And I brought it up because I think it was important to your story about this particular endurance ride, right? Um, 
you know, you you wanted to do this ride uh, with Mackenzie because of the history with your mom, and you were going to be competing in two 25-mile rides. So that's, you know, that's pretty good to begin with, right? Um, and how'd it go? How, how'd it go? First of all, is that the most beautiful ride ever? From the pictures, it looks like it. <laughs> Glenn is so excited. He just asked you like seven questions I know, I did. in a row. I did. So I just pick just one. take one at a time. Uh, how was the ride? The ride was amazing. Um, I went to this ride last summer as well. And last year, I rode the 50-mile on Byron's Horse River. She's a Tennessee walker. And that was only our second 50-mile ride ever. And I had a blast. So when I saw that it was approved on the AERC calendar this year, I, I knew I had to go because it really is gorgeous. I love the ride manager. She's really cool. She does a really awesome job. Um, and I ended up deciding to ride Mackenzie this year because River is actually entered in the Bighorn 50, which is coming up this Saturday. So since they fell so close together, I knew that I couldn't do two back-to-backs with River. It wouldn't be fair to her because the Bighorn is so intense. It's going to be 9,000 feet of elevation gain Whoa. through the most remote mountains in Wyoming. So that's that's been a bucket list for me. So anyway, I decided to take Mackenzie. And um, to give you a little bit of backstory on her endurance career... Uh, so we've been on the road for two years. We just passed our two year anniversary of leaving New Jersey. The first summer that we left, we spent in New England, mostly New Hampshire. And then I did my first endurance ride with Mackenzie ever in Maine. And she did really well. And then in the fall, uh, we took a trip out of the country and I boarded her at a friend's place where she ended up getting cornered by the mares that she was turned out with and she was kicked in the stifle really badly and she was lame for months and I went through so much therapy and rehab and I really for a long time was concerned that she was only going to be pasture sound or maybe light riding sound. So in the two years that we've been traveling, we do trail ride and she did end up getting much, much better. So most of our riding is climbing mountains and just walking, which is actually great therapy for a stifle injury. So um, this year I decided, since I had bigger commitments with River, the 50-mile horse, I was going to focus on Mackenzie. And that's how I ended up deciding to enter her in a 25-mile endurance ride on the first day of the three-day pioneer at top of the world and then I decided I would give her a rest day while I volunteered for the 75 and 100 mile riders and then we would ride again on the third day and you did I did and she (laughs) completed both days the first day we ended up getting the turtle award which is given to the horse and rider who crossed the finish line last within the max time limit. So (laughs) this ride was very intense and very difficult, very challenging in many different ways. So a lot of the LD riders on the first day ended up going overtime. So we were near the end of the pack, but we were the last ones to cross the line without being overtime. But I heard and that I also she, I heard during that ride or I read during that ride that she decided she wanted to finish before you. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a exciting dramatic story for that ride as well. So, um I ended up kind of mentoring a young lady and her four and a half year old quarter horse who had both never done an endurance ride. So we were buddies all day and riding together. And although Mackenzie is very opinionated and does not like most horses, she bonded with Pumpkin. And at one point, I noticed that a hind boot had twisted a little bit because we were going through tons and tons of boggy water crossings. So I parked her next to Pumpkin, hopped off, and was I had her hind leg in my hands as I was adjusting the boot and twisting it back into place when three other horses galloped up out of the woods about 
150 feet behind us. It spooked Mackenzie. She slammed her foot down on top of mine and then took off down the trail. And of course, Pumpkin was confused and didn't know what was going on. So I quickly grabbed her halter and made sure that my friend Megan was okay and had the horse under control. And as soon as I knew the situation was going to be all right, I took off running after Mackenzie. And usually with my other horse, River, I'll actually ride one horse and let the other horse loose. And we ride through the wilderness completely free trailing that way. So part of me thought maybe in the few hours that we had been riding together, she had bonded with Pumpkin enough to stop and want to come back to her. No, we were way too close to camp. We were only three miles away, and she knows exactly where camp is. So as I round the bend in the trail, I catch a glimpse of her sailing over a log and then disappearing. (laughs) Of course. So I knew that she was going to gallop all the way back to camp. And I'm not a runner, so I'm I'm huffing and puffing, chasing her up and down hills through the forest. Especially with a smashed foot. I mean, geez, let's add to the fun of running. First of all, I only run if something's chasing me, okay? Number one. Number two, they always... They always just go all the way back. It doesn't matter where you are in the in the world. They will go all the way home, and then you got to do that. I call it the walk of shame. Well, the problem with this situation was there was a fence and a cattle guard about a mile down the road. Ooh. So halfway between us and the camp. So I didn't remember that. I had marked some of this trail earlier earlier in the week. And I knew where I was, but I forgot all about this cattle guard. So I was sure she was going to show up in camp and people were going to panic thinking that I had fallen and died. (laughs) Um, Which is the first thing us horse people think. Oh, no. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So I was shocked when I see the ride manager driving the rescue trailer, the horse ambulance, up the road. And she pulls over and opens the back gate and says, your horse is in here. I'm glad oh. you're okay. Because <laughs> she was so she, they, she, they out, loaded her into a trailer. It turned out that there were a couple riders passing through the cattle gate at the cattle guard as Mackenzie came trotting down the road towards them. So they flagged her away from the cattle guard to make sure she didn't get caught up in it. And she started to head uphill. And a rider just very quietly followed her up the hill and she stopped walking and he was able to grab her. And then they loaded her in the trailer and started driving her towards me. <laughs> That's wow. convenient. That's so, what that says is just uh, a lot about the sportsmanship of the people around you, that they're in the middle of their ride, but they took the time to go catch a loose horse and figure out what to do with it. So, uh, again, great sportsmanship there. Now, the other question is, as an eventer, if you get off, if you fall off, you're eliminated, right? So it did... Are you allowed to just get off and get back on in an endurance ride? Yes, you are. As long as you and the horse both follow the same trail, you can get back on and continue the ride. So so you were able to uh, keep going. My situation was was very low-key compared to others. There have been endurance riders who are way tougher than me who get thrown off, break an arm, break a hand, and they continue riding. Mm-hmm. We yeah. talked about Buck Davison today. Y'all yeah. are all crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so you you had, but then to not break your path, you would have had to ride back to where you where you lost the horse, and then and then start out from there again, right? It was a very well defined logging road that then turned into a dirt road. Ah, so okay. we had definitely both traveled the same trail. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Well, that so no backtracking needed. And a lot of riders get off and and run with their horses anyway, right? Uh, well, go up and down hills while walking. They they don't r- ride up and down some of the steeper hills. That happens sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Endurance and competitive trail have two different rules. In competitive trail, you always have to be mounted. You can't advance on the trail walking. You can backtrack or stop, but you can't advance. In endurance, you can do whatever as long as you and the horse do it together. So you got in. That was the was this the first day or the second? This first twenty five or the second twenty five you did? This was the first one. 
So the first day the had no one. problems and no drama at all. It was so good. You decided to do it again two days later. <laughs> <laughs> well, on our second ride, I decided that I was going to go out on my own and try to ride the whole ride alone. And I thought everything was going to go smoothly, but then we ended up losing a boot in a bog. I put on our spare boot and then I lost that boot and had to do about eight miles uh, with three bare feet. And then uh, we ended up losing the trail as well. The, the ribbons kind of disappeared for a few miles and there was a bit of confusion and I ended up apparently without knowing it leading all of the other riders along the trail because <laughs> we all kind of milled around together trying to figure out what to do and I said well I'm just going to follow this one that is our GPS track you guys can do whatever you want <laughs> and then I guess when I didn't show up again a few minutes later they must have figured I was onto something. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like God, you were like Pied Piper. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you finished the second twenty-five, and how's Mackenzie's leg and everything? So when we came into the um, halfway, the the first vet check, the vets told me that she was a little bit off, and I thought okay, well, I asked them, like, okay, which leg? Is it the bad one? Because at this point, they all know me and know my story and how concerned I am over her. And they said, no, it's the right front. And I said, oh, well, that's the one where we lost our boot and then lost our spare boot as well. And we were flying down these trails. I mean, she has the most powerful extended trot I have ever seen. It's, it's like, 15, 16 miles an hour. It's so difficult to ride, but that's her preferred speed. And I've now that I feel like she's healthy, I've kind of given up trying to make her go really, really slowly. So on that day, I was letting her just kind of fly. Also because we had had this delay in losing the trail and then finding it again. So I was terrified of being pulled for overtime. So I was flying, trying to get back to this uh, midpoint hold. So they tell me, okay, she's a little bit off, but as long as it doesn't get any worse after your second loop, you'll still pass. So I looked at my time and how much time was left, and they did actually make some adjustments in the second loop and made it shorter because of the extra walking around we all did looking for the trail. I just I decided, well, I could just walk the whole thing and be fine. I would come in last again, most likely, but we'll pass. She won't get pulled for lameness. And most importantly, I won't make a problem worse. Right. So that's exactly what I did. I, I walked the three, three and a half miles of the last loop. Um, once we turned around and she knew we were going back to camp, she started prancing. So I had to get off and hand walk. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we came in and I held my breath for the trot out. I was absolutely convinced that she was going to be worse and be pulled for lameness, even though I hadn't seen anything at the walk. Um, but luckily and very happily, she actually improved her gait, and we passed and completed and ended up placing fifth. Yay! Well, good for you. That's Thank great. You. Good for you. Yay! Well, that's so it's a happy ending to a, a rather dramatic story in places. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, the whole weekend was was fairly <laughs> dramatic, and I'm not a drama person. I try to avoid that. I try to make sure. Yeah, things don't we don't all? Go wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> and then we all try and avoid drama. And then 2020 came, and that was the end of that. So, it's like, yeah. Well, this is great. So we persevered I'm, and succeeded. Good for you, and good for Mackenzie too. You know uh, what a trooper. Thank you. And Jennifer has one of those thoroughbreds too that just if if she tries on the endurance, she kind of give it up endurance because this horse will not rate at all. Uh, Nigel just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes as fast as he can go. And if she tries to, you know, solve the problem, it just gets worse and she's worn out and everybody's worn out. And then it's a bad time for me. So I'm glad she kind of gave that up a little bit. Um, 
but you're so you're heading out uh, then this weekend to a different ride. What was just that, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you one more question. What were the numbers like for this uh, top of the world ride as compared to last year as far as number of competitors? There were over a hundred riders wow. total in all the distances every day of a three day ride. Wow! Well, yeah, everybody was trying to make up for all the ones they missed, I guess, right? Um, and the the same thing happened in June. I attended the City of Rocks ride in southern Idaho, and that was also a three-day pioneer. And there were like 160 horses, I think. Wow. Well. <laughs> you know what? You'll have to come back in and tell us about that one because we have flat run out of time. Glenn, you've, <laughs> you've kept her on the phone for almost Sorry. 30 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, wanted to hear all our stories. Thank you. I can talk to you guys forever. <laughs> it's so much fun. Thank you for having me on. Jessica, what's your podcast? Tell everybody where to find it. It's called the Happy Trails Podcast. It's on my blog at the moment, rideclimb.com. And it's also on Apple and Stitcher and all of the others. Happy Trails Podcast. Sounds good. Thanks, Jessica. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm glad she's not having any fun after two years on the road, huh? Oh, oh. my gosh. Sounds, <laughs> sounds amazing. Uh, you know what? It's like asking an inventor about, you know, they come off course and they're like, how was your cross-country course? And they're like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So I came out Jump of number three. <laughs> I came up to fence number one. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm on fence number two. Like, you get so excited <laughs> about it. You didn't have telling, like, all the details. I get in trouble. It is about. amazing. Like, you know what? With Mackenzie, though, and her story with her mom and the horse being yeah. hurt and just the whole thing. Yeah, really, really awesome. Yeah. So good good for you, Jessica. We've enjoyed following. And we talked to Jessica, I think, the day she left or something. I mean, it was two years ago when we started talking to her. So Crazy. good for her. All right. Ready for some weird news? Although I will say she needs a different kind of boots. I don't know what she was using, but they <laughs> kept falling off. All right. Yes. Let's do some weird news. <laughs> Okay, this is weird that it made the news, but it's also hilarious. And uh, it turns out it kind of backfired on the dude. So Jessica had a boyfriend, and apparently her... By the way, we're heading over to Australia. Not the this. Jessica we just talked to. <laughs> Not the Jessica we just talked to. Uh, Jessica in Australia uh, has... Um, well, her phone's ringing off the hook, and it's because she was dating uh, this guy, and I guess they had a pretty nasty breakup, and the boyfriend posted flyers all over their town that he will give $100 to the person who does the best. I'm ready for my sound effect, Glenn. If you call this number and leave this on the voicemail, the best one gets $100. I would play that That's again. That's right. Yeah. That is Chewbacca. The best Chewbacca sound will get $100 per, uh, according to these flyers. Now, what he was doing was just trying to screw over his ex-girlfriend. He gave, put her num phone number on the flyer, put him all over the town. And, uh, Can you she imagine said, getting oh. those calls? <laughs> She said she got hundreds of <laughs> Wookiee impressions because everybody thought that they, she said she was getting phone calls at one o'clock oh, to four o'clock no. in the morning. She ended up thinking it was pretty funny. She says, she said, all he had to do was say, I don't love you anymore. I want to move <laughs> on and like not have a Chewbacca roar contest because it has been going on. Oh, like, we gotta wonder what kidding. she did that pissed him off. <laughs> right. I'm sure it was his fault. Um, but yeah, just the fact he's like, I'm to give out your phone number and have people wookie roar into your voicemail <laughs> oh my god imagine the first one she got she just answers the phone she's like hello and he's like Rarrr. and will he ever get a date again is the question uh, i would give out his phone number and say don't date this guy yeah exactly <laughs> all right Oops. holy cow that's loud was all right to me. It wasn't too loud to me. Uh, this is Glenn. Are you noticing that you're having some frustrations being in lockdown? A little bit, yeah. You know? we're, we are a little bit, yeah. Well, here's you know what, Iceland, Iceland, the country of aren't they Iceland. always in lockdown? <laughs> really, well, when they, you think about it, <laughs> they're gonna help you, they're here to help. Okay, they're, they're setting up seven speakers around their country. 
In places as such as the peak of Festerfjall and Reckonized Peninsula and the Skogagafoss <laughs> Waterfall. Anyway. Yeah, they don't, they don't have vowels in uh, <laughs> Iceland. No. No. In very remote locations in Iceland, they are setting up speakers. And what you do, this is literally part of like their tourism board putting this together. Okay. This is Iceland's tourist board has set up a website for this project, which is you get to record yourself. They're calling it scream therapy. You send them a, a scream, a, as loud and frustrated scream as you want. And they will take that and they will play it in the country for <laughs> Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be better to go do it yourself, though? Wouldn't that be more satisfying? You can't go to Iceland right now, Glenn. <laughs> this is apparently for people struggling with the events of this year. They're being invited to let off steam by recording their screams and having them played over a loudspeaker. And do they charge for this? Is it? Is there? I can't imagine they would do it for free. Uh, it's got to be a fundraiser of some well, sort. Well, I yes. will. I will commit to this. You pay us a hundred dollars, send us a sound file, and we'll play it here on the show. If you want to scream or do a Wookiee impersonation, either one. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. <laughs> no takers. Email Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com with your screams. I just knew that. I wasn't going to do this story, but it's a lottery story. And I know how you love lottery love stories. lottery Glenn, stories. We are going to go to East Point, Michigan. A man in suburban Detroit, he went up to buy a $10 Lucky 7 scratch-off ticket. And he also needed some change for the air machine because he needed to put some air in his tire. So he walked in, handed the guy 20 bucks, and said, I'll take a Lucky 7. Well, the clerk handed him a $20 lottery ticket by mistake. And he's like, oh, this is not the one I wanted. I wanted the $10 Lucky 7. It's not the $20. Um, and the guy's like, oh, sorry. Here, give it back. Just give, give it back. And the guy goes, hmm, no, I'll keep it. Like, you never know. He just got a, a weird feeling. He scratched off the ticket when he got back to his car to... Million dollars oh on a scratch up ticket from the wrong order. He said he offered to exchange it. He has something just told me to keep it, and I sure am. Miss Heckmeyer, glad I did. <laughs> I added the Heckmeyer. They have not released his name, but he did decide to take the lump sum of 1.3 million instead of the two million spread over many and he, years. He, instead of putting air in his tires, he bought new ones. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah. a new car. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Upgrade. All right, one last story. Well, I saved the best for last. You guys know that I love to do animal stories. And this one, I'm like, are you sitting down? No, you're standing up at your desk. Okay, you may need to, like, sit down for this one. There's a state-run medical college in Meerut, India, and a lab technician was walking across the campus with some blood samples that came from uh, four COVID-19 patients, okay? So he's got blood samples he's got to take from one end of the, you know, one building to the next. He's a lab tech. Hey, kid, take this over there. Okay, great. And, um... He then gets completely attacked by monkeys. <laughs> God, they are having trouble with the monkeys over there. Uh, yeah. Uh, the monkeys jumped on him. They're, I think they were rhesus monkeys. Yes, they're yeah, the nasty rhesus ones. Macaws yeah. converged on the lab technician and snatched away the blood samples that he was carrying from the four COVID-19 patients who were undergoing treatment. Eyewitness reported seeing a monkey chewing on one of the sample collection kits while sitting on top of the tree. In addition, the monkeys left parts of the stolen kit scattered on the ground and concerning local officials because now we've got four positive COVID-19 blood capsules that are like open on the campus. <laughs> it's insane. They had to, they had, they said no evidence has been found that monkeys can contract the infection. Uh, however, um, some observers believe that primates are struggling. The 
human food they normally consume, this is why they're having problems with them, Glenn, has been severely reduced because people aren't going outside and uh, gathering. They're not having picnics and feeding the monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> so they can't, they're not getting enough food. So they're just going down and getting it and they're stealing COVID-19 blood. Watch out. Here we go. Next thing that's going to happen is like the <laughs> monkeys are attacking, the COVID-19 monkeys are attacking uh, and, tr- you know, who knows what's going to happen. There could be all sorts of bad stuff. But I thought that was pretty funny that uh, guy just walking down, just delivering some blood. <laughs> <laughs> they have been they have been causing serious problems. It's been an I issue. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's well, like the hungry. apes are taking over. It's like the movie. Yeah, yeah. it happens. We've all seen how this movie ends. It en- doesn't end well for us, that's for sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> In any which way. Well, thank you for your news stories. We are going to have an after show. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We haven't even talked about that yet. But uh, we are, we'll have an after show for auditors, so hang around for that. I will end with one news story. Do you remember on Monday we talked about how they are using that they were shipping some horses to a university because they're using them to find a or to using them for their plasma to help with treatment for COVID? And they were shipping a whole bunch of horses. Well, apparently, Argentina this week started clinical trials with patients using equine serum. They're doing uh, huge tests down there right now using equine serum. They say that uh, the the horses produce huge amounts of antibodies. So what they do is they stick them with with, with COVID. And then the horses, because they don't get COVID, their body just goes overdrive 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 creating all these antibodies and then they take the plasma out oh science is so cool they take it out and they purify it and they process it via a biotech process to obtain fragments of antibodies with high purity and good safety profile they take the serum it's kind of what they do actually kind of similar to what they do with snakes uh and snake venom and it contains great quantities of these antibodies more than any other animal they said and then uh they they're putting them back in humans and testing it that way. Now it would be a treatment. It's not, you know, it's not uh, an. Um, it's not going to be a vaccine thing. It would be a treatment to help you get get better quicker. It helps your immune system fight it quicker. So they're actually in trials now in Argentina, of all places, uh, using horses. So amazing horses saving the world once again. Like we didn't know that already. And speaking <laughs> of horses, uh, do you guys? Well, I'll tell you in the post show maybe about the new horse I yeah. Have in training? Oh, my God. Yeah. I saw the videos. Cute horse. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the post show. Tomorrow is the fifth Thursday of the month, which means we don't have a show. We're dark tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday. That gives you the entire freaking day tomorrow to get on Craigslist, to get on Facebook, and find some bad ads. And to submit them, because guess what Friday is? Really bad ads. Are we giving away the prizes? Yes, it's $400 in prizes we're giving away Friday, which means you have today and tomorrow to find some bad ads and submit them so you're entered into the drawing for the prizes. So get them in. Thanks to Horse Lovers, we can get that done. So get your pri- get your entries into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Send them in, and uh, we will get you entered for the prizes on Friday, which we will give away. So... Uh, No show tomorrow. Be back on Friday. Thanks, everybody. Hang around, auditors. Bye, Neuter Geld.